Welcome to the Doing Good Business Podcast, designed to bring out the best in you and your organization. I'm Laura Heacock, a leadership coach on a mission to create a culture where business is the true balance of head and heart. I work with leaders and companies on how to leverage my brand of kindness to gain powerful results. And I'm Kelly Stewart of The Positive Business, helping you shift conversations to identify what works and find ways to build on that success with people, planet, and profit in mind. The Doing Good Business Podcast is the place to learn about transformational leadership qualities and purpose-driven business practices that are essential to success in today's modern market. You can make the world a better place through business, and the business case for that starts now. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Doing Good Business. Happy October. I, I know Kelly and I on the East Coast are super psyched that we are getting some nice fall weather and we're also super psyched to welcome our guest today. So we have Heather DeSantis with us on the show. And Heather is the CEO and founder of a company called Publicity for Good. And if that in and of itself doesn't tell you why we wanted Heather to be on this podcast, Heather, I'll let you introduce yourself so folks can understand even more. Welcome. I am so excited to be here. Currently, we are in Branson, Missouri. Uh, my fiance and I are living and working full-time from our Airstream on the hunt to find our dream 200-acre farm. So that's a personal thing about me is that we are living and working and building the business full-time from our Airstream, which is one of those really cute um, silver RVs that you see on the road. So that's a fun fact about me, but Publicity for Good, we are a purpose-driven PR agency. Uh, We lead with purpose, and actually during COVID, we launched a news website called Good Side News. So um, if you go to goodsidenews.com, we are constantly featuring companies and founders that are purpose-driven and making a difference through their business. Well, that's definitely going in the show notes. That's super exciting because Heather, you and I actually, believe it or not, if we can remember the time, connected um, pre-COVID in a a Facebook group for podcasters. So it's amazing to hear that that development has happened in the last few months. I know I'm excited about that. Yeah, it's exciting. So our main focus is making companies become leaders in their space and highlighting their mission. And of course, if a company doesn't have a for good component in their plan, we work with them and coach them through adding that um, into their company. And I know um, on my end, publicity for good, it's honestly how we're able to find our right clients. I feel like our client-centric mission and the work we do is so clear that anytime we get on the phone with a potential client or even a potential team member, they say to the point, you're our people, like, where have you been? I feel like I was made to work with you. So there is definitely clarity around who we are, our mission and what we do. That's I love that. And I imagine that when you have, you know, obviously this is, this is who you are. This is who your organization is. You know, it's, it's very clear, you know, when folks go to your website and and check everything amazing that you're doing out after the show, it's, it's very obvious that you have this mission and you have this purpose. And I'm really curious, you know, tell me about the origin story. Like, did you always have the desire to have a mission driven company? You know, we've had leaders on the show who have shared with us 
I knew I wanted to have some sort of give back mission in my company, but I wasn't necessarily attached to the vertical. And then we've had other leaders that are like, yeah, I work in this vertical, but it's really kind of terrible. And I wanted to make it better. And I wanted to be mission driven. So which came first for you, the mission or the vertical? You know, it was always in my DNA to be purpose driven. Hmm. Uh, So I think it comes down to a couple of things. I was adopted when I was three days old. So I always knew I was adopted and I had a poem in my bedroom, uh, a poem about two mothers. And every year my family would adopt an animal from the zoo. It was a stuffed animal, not an animal in our house. But (laughs) I always had that sense of giving back instilled in me. Um, My dad and uncle growing up were very successful entrepreneurs. Um, They had 50,000 apartments at Ohio State. So I grew up seeing the difference you can make through business. Um, And then it went on. I became a Girl Scout. And again, I sold the most amount of Girl Scout cookies every year. (laughs) And then, you know, being a Girl Scout until I was 18. And then I I lost my dad of lung cancer on Christmas, my senior year of high school. And um, about a week and a half later, I started volunteering um, with kids that were losing a parent to cancer, doing art therapy. So really giving back and giving back in a way that I was helping others with struggles that I had gone through before was really a means of therapy uh, for me to share my personal experiences with others. But again, it's always been in my DNA. When I was in college, I was a communication major. And when I was in college, I did an intensive at Georgetown University studying philanthropy and the moral responsibility, the moral responsibility for businesses to give back. And it was all unconscious capitalism and the free market. But again, the power that a business can have, like all of my time was studying business and economics and all my free time was volunteering and working with people that had disabilities. So it was this beautiful immersion where all of my time was spent studying businesses, economics, but then volunteering my free time. And that's when I realized that I really want to build something big that will feed many people and inspire people and help people. Um, And that's really been the evolution of everything. Wow, that's an amazing story. Thank you, Heather, for sharing all of that. And I'm struck by just the, the connection, the deep level of connection within your family and the origins of your giving. And I find it as we, Laura and I, talk to and with a lot of business leaders who are doing well by doing good, and we we, we read a lot more about it. And there really is a, a commonality in these core values that start at a very young age and in what people are exposed to. And you are exemplifying that here again for us, you know, this value of of giving back from day one. And we're very thankful that you have that and that you uh, have taken on this responsibility because to lead an organization is a responsibility and there's lots of different ways to do that. But to um, have such clarity of focus is, is admirable. Thank you. And I think the other thing, at least for me personally, is I'm very faith-based. So it started really small. For me, it was the business was doing good and it's my moral responsibility to tithe. And Mm -hmm. now we have the give back component in our business. 
but we're a purpose-driven company. But now my purpose is feeding our, our family, our team. You know, I, we're now a team of 23, we're scaling to 30, half of our team is in the Philippines. And I can't tell you the beautifulness that there is when you're just so connected as a team and you're focused on taking care of your team. You know, we're now starting to look into profit sharing and some of those things. And I think every component of intentionality goes back to that for good component that it's a mission. It's not a company. It's do or die. I have your back for the greater good of the world, for the greater good of our clients, and for the greater good to realize that when you're a CEO, you're you're not responsible, but there's a huge beautifulness of responsibility that comes when a team member says yes to building your vision. Laura, um Building a team, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know this my is your area. area. My yeah, ears so head my my background in um, prior to coaching was in in talent acquisition, and I actually spent some time in the Philippines training folks over there. And I love that you are, you know, your company is already international, right? Even as a small organization, you know, twenty three folks, you have folks overseas, and. And your vision is not only just, you know, let's make this company better, but let's actually make the world better. And I'm really curious about how, as the leader of that organization, how do you manage the engagement? You know, how do you create a cohesive team with folks being, you know, literally all over the planet? Yeah, so I think it's a couple things. We have team huddle every single day, and we have created an environment of transparency. So you're not feeling well, what you're struggling with. Like every time we have a team call, we provide space for people to share what they're grateful for, where they're Mm -hmm. uncomfortable, where they need support. So that's the first thing. The second thing is we share everything internally with the team. There's no secrets. They know where we are. They know where we're going. They know revenue per month. And again, there's full transparency with the vision of where we're going. Um, Another thing is that we really focus on the whole person. So we are very results driven. So that means that if a publicist gets all of their media opportunities per week and their mom is flying into town and they want to spend time with them, we have this beautiful flexive environment that you get your work done. So that means maybe you'll get up at five and do your work so you have time with your mom. So it's a very blended life instead of it just being this archaic way of asking for time off. You know what I mean? Like we're results driven, we're clients focused, but we're very, Mm -hmm. you know, full person. Like we're providing team members the opportunity to work from wherever. We've always been virtual and we have book club and we're just focused on the whole person and really emotionally helping our clients. So I love that. You know, I jokingly, not jokingly refer to that as transitioning away from the butts and seats mentality with my clients. You know, as a leader, I feel like that's one of the beautiful things that's come in, in recent years, but I think even more so during the last six, seven months of the year during COVID, right? It's we've really gotten clear on, you know, not only do we have to allow people to be themselves and and be whole human beings but we've got to get away from that value the value assessment of the person that sits at their desk the longest is the most valuable right you know the value is what are you producing you know like to your point heather your results oriented you know the output matters but who cares if you're doing it five in the morning or five at night or sometime in between like why does that matter especially now when 
you know, a year ago, all of the jobs that people said we couldn't do remotely suddenly are being done remotely. So I, I feel like what you're doing and always has been done in your organization is something that other businesses are starting to really step into because of COVID. And, and not that we would ever wish a pandemic, but I also think it's important to recognize there is a lot of stuff that was broken before this, and maybe this is an opportunity to correct some of it. It's exciting. Um, it's exciting about the opportunities. And I think the changes that I've seen companies have to make for survival and so many of our clients had to do things out of necessity that maybe they were things that they were putting off because they didn't think it was a priority. Mm-hmm. And then there was no option. <laughs> and then they were right. put into it anyway. <laughs> right. So Heather, this is Kelly and you, this is a great story, right? I just, I love this and I love everything that you're doing within the company. Laura knows too, you know, that's one of my, things that light me up is transparency in the business. And so there's so much that you're doing, doing well. And now on top of this, your focus with the company is also in supporting clients that are in the kind of food and beverage area, health and wellness and eco lux beauty. Is that correct? Just so that we know for our audience. Yes. But organically, because we're purpose driven, we started working with many organizations that are purpose-driven nonprofits that don't have a product. And that's totally perfect too. That's exciting. Awesome. Awesome. So let me ask you then from like a business strategy side in thinking what you do with public relations and the communications around all of that, you're doing a great job. When do you feel your client companies or companies, I mean, you're not your clients, but will be soon, um, are at their best? in terms of being able to really reach and resonate with their audiences? What is it that helps them really capture that attention about what they're doing or how they do it in terms, you know, through a a public relations lens? Yeah. So it's so interesting. I see CEOs and I've been there before, but as CEOs, a lot of times we, we get, you know, behind the scenes and we're working on delivery and we're working with the team and we forget our why and our story sometimes is forgotten because we are now in the trenches building a business. So the thing that I find happens the most for companies and CEOs is that when they start getting in the media, they feel more aligned. They, they remember why they started their team members look at them differently and it's a great way to really, you know, bring up your team members from the founder getting in the media. Um, I think getting in the media, as much as it is about getting your company out there, I can, I see it very therapeutic too. founders getting asked why they started their company and it gets them re-excited and a power of resurgence from them being in the media uh, because when you start a company and it's just you and you're the face of the company and you're always out there and you're always doing the sales calls to then scaling to a team of 50, things change. So it's exciting when I see founders get in the media. And the other thing is it helps you attract talent um, and it helps you stay ahead of competitors. I will see founders who post their press features on LinkedIn and the engagement that they get is amazing. 
mm-hmm. the sense of team morale that I see come from it because team members are so brand loyal and they're so excited to see their founder in the media. And oftentimes it allows the CEO to share things about the company and the mission that they maybe haven't necessarily shared internally with their team because they weren't asked the right question. So I definitely feel in my heart of hearts that publicity is something that has to be consistently a part of your marketing plan to stay ahead of competitors, as well as to really shine a light on a company that's being ethical and doing business good. I feel like it's our moral responsibility to highlight what we're doing, highlight our team members, and every single day be committed to sharing what our company is doing. And publicity is something that I think needs to be done every single day and considered very um, deeply if, in fact, you want to build your business to be the number one purpose-driven brand in your space, whatever it is. Right. That's really, yeah, that's very, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, Kel. No, I was just going to say that it's, it's, it's so much more, me- like the word meaningful just keeps coming back to me um, time and time again with this, because it is, it's changed, you know, from what traditional PR was and how it was done, what it was used for. And it makes me think like, even as it has involved to include social media where, you know, we know where it's all about the likes and the eyeballs and all that, what makes it, what makes publicity and PR meaningful then to the companies that are committed to making the world a better place? So thank you for answering that question before I even asked it, because it, there really is, it seems so multifaceted, right? Um, Attracting the talent, staying ahead of the competitors. And I really just want to emphasize what you said about the energy that comes from it, right? Because that's where we have then the the drive is born to keep accomplishing that those good things that are happening. So I really like that energy. And I don't think that that is something, and please tell me if I'm wrong, but I don't think that is something that a, a company that's not as focused on this, right, is doing something traditional in business and seeing, viewing PR in its traditional, I'll even say more old fashioned kind of way. I don't think that they're thinking about this type of qualitative aspect of a company, right? A, a qualitative uh, quality that really does lead to the bottom line. I agree. And I think that's why it's so important to find a vendor or a PR agency or whoever you hire that's totally in alignment with how you do business so that you're able to really work together synergistically. The reason that we never fail is that I feel like I was the founder of your company because I am so emotionally invested in what you're doing. And it's really do or die. It's the mission that we are accomplishing. It's the families that are on your team. And I don't think you can replicate that emotion and care um, when you're doing business, Mm -hmm. unless it's a partner that's in alignment with how you run your business. I agree. I love that. I love, I mean, I just think the, you know, I hear the investment in your clients is as you're talking and and the way that you really just lean in and partner with them. Like what you're hearing on the Doing Good Business podcast? Then you'll love working with Laura or Kelly. Visit doinggoodbusiness.com forward slash the host to learn about them and how their services can help you do good business. 
think one of the biggest takeaways and and Kelly and Heather, I'm curious if you guys are both seeing the same is, you know, so many conversations with organizations and just individuals at this point is about, you know, embracing the messy and Heather just knowing that learning is messy and change is messy and to really, I think, be holistic in our leadership and to work with diverse teams. Like we have to be able to be in that messy space and we have to be able to let our teams be in that messy space at the same time. Are you guys seeing anything similar? I know I am, but also from a team perspective, we're definitely uh, reminding our team members to drink more water and more self-care and meditation and grounding work and and walking on the grass. It's, It's a stressful time, especially for companies that are fast growing. You, you need to make sure you do that. Um, I was on a call with a mentor this morning and essentially he said, if you feel like you don't have 15 minutes to meditate, you really need to meditate for an hour. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> Right, right. I think, uh, Lord, Miss Kelly, in my world, it's um, about reinvention, right? So there is going to be that uncomfortable period as you organizations are thinking about what still serves us and what no longer serves us. And it doesn't mean that you have to get rid of everything at one time. Um, There's this term that I've started using around residual assets, right? There might be something that served you really well and uh, in the past, and you're not quite ready to let go of it, but you can put it in the um, figurative closet for a while, like just kind of put it, store it, because maybe you'll need it in a year or two. But right now, there are other things that you ne- you need to be doing or thinking about doing, and um, and that brings me to a question for Heather in terms of what's the next level of thinking that companies who are doing good business should be doing today, like next in order to meet expectations in the future. I mean, I guess, and that all varies on what your concept of the future might look like in say seven or eight years. I think we've gotten a real glimpse and certainly you're living the, with your Airstream life, which is really cool. You know, you're living this uh, digital landscape where more things are virtual. Um, But I think we're going to see that more of that come in. It was coming in anyway, but COVID just kind of gave us this glimpse into what this really looks like because a lot of the hypotheticals are removed. You know, what would it look like if kids were needed to be educated from home? What would it look like if, you know, office buildings were empty? So when we think about all of that, and just I think about that as the future, what do you kind of, I guess it's a two-part question, what do you kind of see is the future seven, eight years for, you know, especially in terms of brands and consumers? And what do you think the next level of thinking is that companies need to be doing when they're doing good business? Sure. So... Answering your question about what's the future and our employees, I don't know. My personal opinion is that there's a huge opportunity for increased um, team member retention. Um, It's so interesting. Our team in the Philippines are obsessed with constant education. It's the culture where they're constantly learning a new skill set. A team member the other day who does email management wants to learn SEO, which is exciting. Like they love to learn. But I definitely feel like there's going to be a huge opportunity for team members to learn other skills virtually to support your team and cross training and roles evolving. Um, and I think it's a huge opportunity that people can grow with your company, learn other skills and evolve there. 
Um, we've been virtual for almost five years. I, we will always be virtual. Uh, I love the freedom that it provides. I love that moms can work from home. I love that you can really work from any coffee shop and really connect with people and see your clients and be on the road. That's awesome. But I do feel like there's going to be a huge shift of people thinking unconventionally about work, really thinking about their values. And again, at least for us at Publicity for Good, it's not a job to, to people. It's like the mission, the work that they're doing. So I think people are going to be very much more intentional um, with how the real estate market is. People are, 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 are really thinking about their life and what they want to do. Mm-hmm. So I think that there's a huge opportunity for increased um, team member retention, huge opportunity for team members to grow, and huge opportunity for, for companies to really hone in on digital marketing and grow through all those components and grow that way. Thank you. And, then, and to be intentional about it. I think that was one of the things you said too, which it's time to double down on some of this. Absolutely. And then the other question where I think businesses should go, mm-hmm. where, I mean, from my personal experience, where we're at right now, um, my fiance and I were really thinking about our legacy and we're thinking about net worth and, you know, prior to COVID, we have all, we had these different houses and, you know, we were doing real estate for fun and we're just simplifying and really, you know, looking at how the business can fund our dreams and also how the business can fund our team members' dreams. So we're having those conversations. Where do you see yourself in five years? What type of life do you want to create? And we're having those conversations individually as a team. So our work is fueling our dreams and the life that we want to create. Mm-hmm. I love that. So speaking of that life that you want to create, Heather, I, I'm super curious about the Airstream and I'm guessing our listeners are too. And I just love that, you know, we hear so much talk about, you know, living like minimalism and like tiny homes and things like that. So I think let's end on a fun note. Tell us about your Airstream life and how do you live and work with your partner in a small space in a <laughs> pandemic and all of that. I Just like tell us all the awesome things about the Airstream. Yeah. So it's a 23 foot Airstream and we've been living and working from it for about a year now with some times here and there we were in the Airstream. But it provides you a space where there's not as many things to worry about. It's a 23 foot mm-hmm. Airstream and it gives us more headspace to think about business and talk about the things that matter, our relationship, where we want to go, the business, our team. And there's definitely less distractions that you would have at a house and all those things. Um, prior to COVID, it allowed us the opportunity to visit parks in some of the greatest places of our country and go to coffee shops and meet with media and meet with brands and just that human connection. But I think provides a simple lifestyle that gives you more headspace to build your purpose-driven empire. And that's what excites me the most. I love it. That's so much fun. So speaking of exciting and, you know, let's be forward looking for a second. What are you excited about? You know, what do you want to share with our listeners that is coming up in the future that you're just giddy and overflowing with excitement or, you know, what are you just really happy that's coming up for you and either personally or professionally? Yeah. So about a month ago for publicity for good, we brought on um, leaders. So now we have department heads and that's exciting. 
Amazing. We are bringing on five new publicists. So prior, I was the CEO running the company, but now we have department heads. So that's exciting because honestly, as a lot of the founders who are listening right now, like publicity for good has been my life. It's been 15 hour days, Monday through Sunday. There were times where I moved to San Diego and to even get my apartment in San Diego, I had to pay three months rent and I had no money to my name because clients were late on paying. And the only way that I could eat, gosh, that was three years ago. The only way I could eat at the time because clients were late on paying was with Uber Eats. And now we are growing. It's such a blessing that we're now in, you know, scaling from 1 million to 2 million. It's a blessing that, gosh, like me and my fiance are getting married in December. So now it's like the first time that I'm giving myself space to think about my life and building that beautiful life and having our 200 acre farm where we have cows and we're eating off the land and then switching into that role where I can be that creative, loving leader, but not be as involved in the tactical so I can be a wife and be a mom and be involved in my community. So that's the shift ahead that I am so excited for. I, yeah. And that, that shift is, I feel like, you know, going back to the thread earlier of, you know, some of the things that can come from this pandemic and Heather, you hit it earlier than the pandemic and the shift. And, you know, just for anybody listening, it is absolutely possible to grow your business even right now, but just that shift of, you know, what I hear from you, Heather, is what's really important. And yeah, you busted your butt for a long time to get to this place. And, you know, now you've got that clarity on what's important, you know, who you are as a person. I hear you sharing that with your team, the ability to just be who they are and not just be cogs in a wheel. And, and that's just exciting. I mean, that is a leader who's doing good business. So thank you for sharing all of that. Of course. Well, Heather, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for uh, joining us from Branson and making this work during all of the weirdness of 2020. Congratulations. I hope your wedding is incredible and amazing and everything you want it to be. As uh, an old married lady, I'll give you the <laughs> advice that stuck with me, which was the day goes fast. So, you know, find little ways to savor it when you're in it. And uh, we wish you nothing but continued success in personal and professional life. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thanks, Heather. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Doing Good Business. We hope you'll tune in regularly, leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts, follow us on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter, and most importantly, tell a friend or a few. It's how we can build the critical mass to make the world a better place through business. The Doing Good Business podcast is brought to you by Laura Heacock of Laura Heacock Consulting and Kelly Stewart of The Positive Business. Learn how you can work with us at doinggoodbusiness.com slash the hosts. Let us know what you like about the podcast and what else you'd like to hear about through our online form on the contact page of doinggoodbusiness.com. We'll see you next time.